Thank you, Lord. You know, I'm glad Alan said what he did because uh, I was thinking about what the day is. It is Pentecost Sunday, but it's also Memorial Day. And you know, he's so right. So often we just spend time cooking and fellowship and taking the day off. But you know, the sad part is it's a time to remember those that gave their life, gave their all, so we could have the freedom we have to have a barbecue. And you know, I was thinking just in the Civil War alone, there was over 600,000 men lost their lives. Alone, not counting all the other wars. And so, you know, they gave it all. And it's, as you think about what they did, think about what Jesus did for us. You know, that's why we have memorials. That's why we have it every once a month here to remember what I've did. This during remembrance of what I've done for you. He gave it all so we could have the spiritual freedom to go with our natural freedom. And we don't need to take that for granted. Men, be thankful for for what he's done. I'm going to finish what we was talking about on the fullness of God. And uh, I'm going to kind of go back over some of the highlights to get to, to finish this. But, uh, Father, we thank you for your word. We value your word more than food itself. And Father, we thank you for it. And Lord, I ask you to give people a special hunger at this time, like Alan was talking about, for the word of God. Because we are born again, not of a corruptible seed, but an incorruptible seed through the word of God. And Father, we thank you for that incorruptible word. Amen. 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 Colossians chapter 2 says, In Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are what? Complete. Complete in him who is the head of all principalities. In Ephesians 1.22, God he has put everything under his feet, on Jesus' feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Say, that's me, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. That word fullness is complete. The completeness. It's complete. Say complete. Nothing can be added to it. And and then in Ephesians chapter 3, I want to read in Ephesians chapter 3, I want to start in the verse... uh, 14, for this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory, thank you, Jesus, to be strengthened with might by the Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you understand what all the fullness of God means? Do you know how big God is? That you might be filled with all the fullness of God? That's who you are. You're in union with God who is the fullness of everything. That's who you are. Now, to him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that worketh where? In us. Unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages without end. Amen. Give me an amen. amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Ephesians 4.13, while we're there, it says he gives us a fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of the ministry for the edifying, building up of the body of Christ till we all come in to the unity, the union of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man into the measure of the stature of the 
Fullness of Christ. What is that? The fullness. That's why we're here. That's the process we're going through. That we do what? No more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sly of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, we grow up into him in all things which is ahead, even Christ. From whom the whole body, joined together and compacted by that that every joint. Say, I'm important. Say, you're important. According to the effectual working and measure of every part makes increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. Is that good? Colossians 1.19 says, It pleased the Father that in Christ should all the fullness dwell. It pleased God that in Christ should all his fullness dwell. I'm telling you, that's astounding. We are living in union with the creator of the universe. Is that awesome? The exchange life gives us the very nature and life of God. Eternal life is greater than just forgiveness, greater than baptism, greater than joining the church, greater than confirmation. It is receiving the creative life of God into your body. The creative life of God, the Zoe life of God. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it what? Abundantly. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love. And it says in John five twenty six, For as the Father hath life in himself, so has he given the Son to have life in himself. So what do you have in yourself? Life. life. You're living in the life of God. God is the fountain of living life, and Jesus brought us to his body. I am come that you might have life, John 10, 10, and have it abundantly. You know, Galatians 2, 20, I shared this last week. I, I saw something a little different than I've been teaching you. Says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Remember, we've been talking about living by the life of another, living by the blood of another. This little word we've talked about, ice into, that word into, it means motion into. And there's another little word that means ek, it's ek, it means motion out of. But this little word en is this word by, living by, it's the word en, in. And that word means remaining in place. Okay, keep that remaining in place. So now let's read it. We are living in the life of another. We are living in the faith of another. We are living in the love of another. We are living in the fullness of another. We as Christians are so utterly identified with Christ we're living by the obedience of another, in the obedience of another. Yeah. Ephesians, Hebrews 5, 8. The death of Christ becomes our death. The life of Christ is our life. The glory of Christ is our glory. Everything of Christ is ours. This is the intimate relationship of the union we have with him. Amen. Amen. That's astounding. And you know what's more astounding? Everything I've told you just now is the truth. It's not a wish. It's not a hope. It's the truth. It's the gospel. It's the word of God. Amen. A Christian is one that has received and living in union with the life of Christ. If you want to find a Christian outside of union with Christ, no person exists. You may not understand it, but that's what he did when he died. So we see that that's why Jesus has done what he has done. 
Salvation is not a change of outward behavior, but an exchange of our inward life. Jesus said, he that saveth his soul will lose it, but he that loses his soul will find it, will be regenerated. That's why reformation is not a good word for us, but regeneration is. We're not reforming anything. We're in the regeneration. Because if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things are passed away and all things have become new. The exchange of the soul of the new man is receiving his divine nature. Look with me in Second Peter chapter 2. All right, we're going on now. Are you ready? Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith, chapter 1, verse 1, through the righteousness of God, our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied into you through the knowledge of God and of our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied into you through the knowledge of our God and of Jesus our Lord. That word through, as I looked at that word, it's this little word in. It's not through, it's in. You're not going through something. You're going in and staying permanently. Grace and peace is multiplied into you in the knowledge of God and the Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. According as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises you are partaker of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, and, be, and besides this given all diligence, add ver- to your faith virtue, knowledge, temperance, godliness, brotherly, kindly, charity, all those things, because if these things be where? In you. And abound, they make you that you neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind, cannot see afar off. And hath he forgotten that he would purge from his old sin? Wherefore the weather, brethren, make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. And then an entrance will be ministered to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now I like this verse, and you'll understand why. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to always put you in remembrance of these things, though you know them and established in the presence of the truth. I think it meet, as long as I'm in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Some people say, why don't you pass on going to something besides exchange? As long as I have a breath, I'm going to preach exchange. As long as I'm here, I'm going to keep reminding you of the great exchange. Lest you forget. Everything is built on the great exchange. Everything in Christian life stems from Isaiah 53, spirit, soul, and body. And that's what he's done for us. Put us in remembrance so we can be a what? Partaker of his divine nature. Oh, thank you, Lord. His promises are not to inform us, but to transform us into his very image. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we all beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord are being exchanged, transformed, metamorphosis, into the same image. What image? The same image. Because why? You are the body of Christ and members one of another. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's why this is the day of Pentecost. This is the day the Holy Spirit come to take the things of Christ and show it to you and says this is who you are. This is who you are. 
You are the body of Christ and members one of another. You know, in Colossians 3, it says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. We have no life apart from him. Then we'll see him in glory. The Greek says, Christ, our life. <clears throat> Catch that? When Christ is our life. Christ, who is our life. He is our life. Oh, thank you, Lord. Mm. The riches of his glory and the hope of glory. We are living in the faith of the Son of God. Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. First Peter 1 Peter 1.7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perished, though it be tried with fire, might be found into the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Into the faith we're living into. Romans 12.3, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. How many? How much? Every man has a measure. Now, if you're living in him, how much is that measure? All the fullness of God. Isn't that awesome? And you know the Holy Spirit in you can give you any gift he wants to at any time. Because you don't own them. He's just passing them through you. Yeah, you may be more familiar with one or the other, but every gift of the Holy Spirit can be given to you and used. I remember one time Jenna was, was preaching to women over at another church here in town on the gifts of the Spirit. And as she was teaching... Not only did she talk about the gift, God let her demonstrate the gift of every one of the gifts to those women. She'd never done that before. But as she taught on the gift, the experience, she was able to do the gift right there in front of them. Is that amazing? I get goosebumps just thinking about that. That's how much God wants us to understand what he's freely given to us in Christ. And Oh, thank you, Lord. That is awesome. Ephesians 4.13 says what? Till we all come into that unity and into the knowledge of the Son of God, into a perfect man and into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we cannot do that on our own. See, I can't come into the fullness. Alan can't come into the fullness. I don't know how, care how smart he is. Him and himself cannot come into the fullness. The only way we can come into the fullness is to be together. We have the fullness, but not by ourselves. Till we all come into the unity that every joint supplies, then do we have the fullness of the body. The fullness is the body of Christ. That's why there's not much place for long rangers. You can't run around by yourself claiming to have the fullness. It doesn't work that way. You only have the fullness when you're related one to another in the body of Christ and recognize till we come into the revelation of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of fullness that belongs to Christ. Right? Oh, thank you, Lord. Hebrews 10 says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back from living in faith, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But we're not of those that draw back, but those that believe to the saving of the soul. To the saving of the what? Living in the love of another. God doesn't give us his love. He is our love. He doesn't just give us his love. He is our love. First <clears throat> John four twelve. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. And you can only love one another. If the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost that's given to you. 
And hereby, that's how you know. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, union, because he has given us his spirit. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. You know, I'm so thankful that I've got into this word in and into. Because you can't separate yourself from this word now. Before, we could use it and see it as something out there. But no, we're in it. We're living in it. We're in union with the living word of God. That's who we really are. First John 4 says, Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we now in this present world. Is that union? There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear because fear has torment. He that loveth not, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him, why? Because he first loved us. We are living in the love of God. Does this sound too good to be true? But you know what? It is true. It is true. It's all true. And it's not someday. See, what we've done in church, we've made, yeah, all that's true, but it'll be someday. No. Now are you the sons of God. Does not yet appear what you shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we're going to appear with him in glory. Right? When he comes back, we're already seated with him. And we're going to come back with him when he comes against the rest of us, rest of my body. I'm already seated with him, but one of these days he's coming back and I'm coming back with him to get the rest of me. But the only thing, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be exchanged in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. God has given us a body according to his seed. And this whole corruptible body is not going to be changed. It's going to be exchanged. Because the corruptible is going to immediately, in the twinkling of an eye, become incorruptible. We're going to have a body fashioned like his glorious body. And his glorious body didn't look exactly like it did when he walked with the disciples. Because he walked with the disciples on the road to mass and they didn't recognize him. When he went into the disciples and they didn't know who he was till he showed them his hands. So you're going to have a different body made according to his seed. Is that exciting? I'm going to have one with hair. (laughs) Isn't that going to be neat? And you know, from what all we hear, the body's going to be about 33 years old. Isn't that awesome? I wonder why 33. How old was Jesus when he died? We're going to have a glorious body likened to his glorious body. 33 years old. We can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Hallelujah. That's exciting. So that's why the exchange covers your spirit, soul, and body. But right now, we're still waiting. The whole earth and creation is groaning and travailing, waiting in pain, waiting for a manifestation of the Son of God. And so are these bodies waiting to be exchanged. Woo, it's exciting. has nothing to do with what I'm preaching, but it's good in here. Romans 5, 5 says, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. 2 Corinthians five fourteen says, But we judge this. He says, The love of God keeps us, us from flying apart, because we judge this. If one died for all, then all died. And that they that died should no longer live for themselves, because if you're dead, you can't live for yourself. But for him that died and rose again, 
And therefore, we don't know any man after the flesh anymore. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and all things have become new. And all things are of God. And God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, which is the ministry of exchange. So don't get tired of exchange, because everywhere you turn, the word exchange is in the Greek. Why is that? It's so critical. Because you've got to quit trying to save yourself. We talked about it in coffee shop. There's something in your old nature that thinks it can make it better. And it can make it acceptable to God. There's only one answer to it. Kill the old thing and get a new one. Romans, it says, the message Bible says in Romans 6, 8, 6 or 8, give it a decent burial and get on with living. Quit grave tending it. Just give it a decent burial and get on with the new life. Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. Now, why is that important? Because for you to enjoy the benefits of the new, you have to forget all the pain of the old. You can't remember and keep living on the pain of the past if you want to enjoy the blessings of the new. Remember not the former things, neither consider. How much time is spent considering all the things of the past? Too much. Behold, I do a new thing. And even in the footnote there, it'll take you to 2 Corinthians 5.17 if you want to look at Isaiah 43. When it says, I do a new thing, it'll take you to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Because God was in Christ exchanging the world to himself. Exchanging the world to himself. God made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be created the very righteousness of God in him. You are into the very righteousness of God. How righteous is that? Can you add anything to it? Not one thing. You are the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Man, makes me want to go fishing. But we can laugh. Sure makes fishing better when you know that you're complete in him. Amen. Oh. Thank you, Lord. John G. Lake said in page 68, living in union with God. He says, living in union with God is not known by the great majority of the body of Christians. All they have is forgiveness of sins. They do not know that they are actually in union with God. It's not just forgiveness of sin. Reconciliation, not reformation, is the exchange life. Rebirth is an actual incarnation. Christ in you. Hebrews 2, 10 and 11 says, Bringing many sons into glory, for both he that sanctifieth and they that are sanctified are all one union. Those that are sanctified and he that does the sanctifying are one union. That's awesome. That's not going to be. That's already. It is the fullness of God already. He has already done it. Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians 1 9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ. Where into? By the Holy Spirit, we are all baptized into 
one body. By the Holy Spirit, we are all baptized into one body. How many? One. You know, this thing is simple if we just believe what this word says. Without the, all the buts and yeah buts and all that stuff. Just believe what it says. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the unity we have in the body with him and each other. And let us be conscious of that unity we have with one another. Ephesians 4.15 in the New Living Bible says, We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You know the thing about every part that's doing its part? It has no consciousness of its part. It's drawing its life from the other. No tree eats its own fruit. Every member is producing what others around it need because its life is based on living for the other. Uh, It helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I'm through now. But you know, Friday night we was, had Wayne and his wife over and we were eating hamburgers. And Braden's going in the military, so we was talking to Wayne about the military. And he was in Vietnam. and He was in special forces. And the team of he was with, us, five of them, was out on a mission to... to at night, and uh, he was leading. No, there was another young man that was leading that was his first time, and he was feeling very uncomfortable with all that was going on around him. So Wayne asked him, said, you want me to take your place? And he said, I'd appreciate Wayne. So Wayne got in the front, and he says, all of a sudden, all hell broke loose. And he got, Wayne got shot seven times with AK-47 across his body, seven bullet holes. And everybody in that squad got hit I think there was two of them died is that what he said I think but the man behind him that he took his place was killed and he had just changed places with him and his best friend that he had was killed and he says that's when he got saved you know he asked the Lord he didn't know what happened but he said whatever happened to me he said I even began speaking in tongues and I couldn't understand what that was all about But that's when he got saved, and he spent a year in rehab. See, this is what Memorial Day is about. And, you know, we look at Vietnam and all the stuff that's had from Vietnam. It doesn't matter whether we agree with what was going on or not, but they was over there as representatives of our United States for us. And they put their life on the line, and 50,000, 60,000 died. I'm not sure how many died. Huh? Too many. But, you know, this was not just a story. This is where Wayne was at. This is his life. He's got the scars to prove it. And so let's keep in mind what this weekend's all about. <clears throat> and enjoy your hamburgers. Enjoy your time. But keep in mind, it. not only keep in mind what they've done for us, mostly keep in mind what Jesus did. Because his what? Why did he do that? Read Isaiah 61, Luke 4, 18. And you see, he did all that so... 
we could have all we've been talking about today in him. He did that because it was the Father's heart that we be in fellowship with him and the Father. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you, Lord, for this time. And we pray for every family member that's mourning the loss of loved ones this weekend. And, Lord, we know that the only one that can meet those needs and comfort them is your Holy Spirit. And, Lord, we ask that this be a weekend of comfort, that you just comfort all those that's in distress over this holiday. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You're dismissed.